What's up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of Tupperware Jair. Thanks for joining us today. This is Tupperware Jair, where you always take something with you. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. Today is a very special episode, as it's Kiersey Klein's first episode as correspondent in Butte Butte District. She's going to be interviewing her friend and co-worker in Tate Tumo, who works for the Ministry of Local Government and Chieftainship up in Butte Butte. They're going to be discussing Lesotho history a little bit, um, a little bit about what it means to, to work in local government, some of his hobbies, some of the food that he likes, and just get to know him a little bit better. I'm really excited for it. I hope you are too. Enjoy this special episode of Tupperware Jair. Have a good day. Okay, greetings podcast followers. My name is Kirsty Klein and I am reporting on behalf of the Tupperware Jair podcast from Butte Butte, a northern district in Lesotho. I'm a community health and youth development volunteer working with the National AIDS Commission here in the Butte Butte district. So today I'm joined by a friend and colleague in Tate Tumo Molefe, who is the Assistant Human Resource Officer for Urban Council through the Ministry of Local Government and Chieftainship Affairs in Butibute. So today he's going to share a little bit about himself, his roles and reflections as a community leader, and some information about culture, history, and language in Lesotho. So first of all, in Tate Tumo, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up and how you got here? Yes, man. I don't know if I call you Melisady or Melchrist. <laughs> but Either anyway. one is okay. Anyway. Lesady is my Sesotho name. <laughs> Lesady, Sesotho name. Thank you. I will use Sesotho name, okay. Melisady. Thank you very much, Melisady. My name is Dumo, and um, my middle name Samuel Molefe, from the north of Botabote district, and they call it Mahuahue. Mahuahueng is part of Botabote district. As you know, we have the monarchy. Apart from politicians, we have the paramount chief and we have um, the chiefs. Then Mahuahua is one clan in our district, in the northern district. So I come from there, though my clan is not, I'm not Lehuahua, I'm Motokwa. So Motokwa is from Mohoto. Mm. So I grew up in a village called Kolakwe. So I grew up as a shepherd. I was looking after sheep and gold. So I grew up there and I would go for field for plowing and sort of things that we do in Lesotho because Lesotho is an agricultural country. We go for livestock, we go for crops. For, for mainly for living in the villages. After that, I went to a primary school called Tabon Primary, and then I proceeded to St. Charles High School, and then went to the National University of Lesotho, where I studied public administration and political science. And now I am working and following the career of public administration, where I'm working in local government as a human resource officer. It's part of public administration. Thank you, Melissa. That's great. Thank you. So when you were young, who who is it that taught you how to be a shepherd and how to tend to animals in fields? Okay. As a young man, I, I, I come from the family of... I am the second in my family. I have a sister and three other sisters after me. 
which means I'm the only uh, <laughs> male male in the family. So I decided because in the Soto, if you are the only one and you have sisters, they say you are going to be you are going to be disabled or you are going your mind is a belief is not going to function well. So I decided to go to my grandmother's place where there were a lot of boys. <laughs> so my uncles, my grandmother, my the mother of my my mother. My, uh, so my uncles are the one who taught me uh, how to be a shepherd, how to go and look after for sheep and cattle and goat. So I went there to be a man because if you live with Bombe, they are going to call you me <laughs> in Lesotho. So I went there, they taught me how to do all sorts of these um, main things in Lesotho, like plowing fields, like um, being a shepherd. Mm. Yes. Wow. So at what age did you start to have the dream to attend university and study public administration? Or did you ever consider continuing working with animals into your adult life? Fortunately, unlike other people who look after sheep like shepherds, I had that dream of doing... I actually wanted to be a teacher. From my primary education till high school, I wanted to be a teacher, agriculture teacher. But unfortunately, when I grew up, I was very naughty at school. <laughs> so I used to name teachers after what they do or what they say in class and I decided oh they are going to name me <laughs> at school if I'm a teacher so I decided to to look for something else so I didn't like numbers mathematics I didn't I did not like it so I decided to do the course that will allow me not to uh, do mathematics at the university level so I decided to take public administration and political science so now when you're not here at work, what do you do in your free time? Okay, when I'm not at work, I, I, I like um, community work. Actually, I wanted to do public administration so that I join organizations that can do community work, like going to the villages, develop the rural communities. In Before I came to local government, I was a community worker at LGNSP, that was local government um, and non-state actors program. That was the program I liked very much. I used to go into the villages, into the councils and uh, doing some developmental projects like building tanks for water for people, building like um, visitors have for Muela people. I like that, community work. So, during weekends, during my leave times, I go for organizations. NGOs, we do a lot of things. We do life skills, form organizations. I actually formed something like a consultancy to help other organizations to register legally with the country uh, law department. So, that's what I enjoy doing, developing communities, making NGOs, non-governmental organizations, CBOs, all the support groups. What is one of your favorite things about Basotho culture? Basotho culture. You know, we have we have two different cultures in Lesotho. 
One is the Basuto believe, non-Christian believers. They believe in Sesotho culture, and now there is these Christian believers who mix Basotho culture with Christianity. So I'm going to talk about the belief or culture of Basotho, where they do a lot of interesting things, like when you are having a child at home, it's a firstborn, if they want to notify you and you, were, you don't know that a man has already is already having a child at home. If it's a maid, they will come to you with a stick and they will whip you with a stick and you must know that at home they have received a male child, firstborn. Mm -hmm. So that is interesting. And then if it's a female, they come with maybe 20 liters bucket of water and they pour it on you. So that is how they notify you about the, the birth of your firstborn. Wow. So, and also, when this child grow, uh, is growing up, there are a lot, of, a lot of culture involved, like to protect the child with uh, knowledge of the elders. We believe in the elders. If the elders tell you, don't do this, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. So the elders are the ones who are guiding uh, the young generation, how they should do things, how they should grow, make, uh, take care of their children. Mm. And for example, Basutu has, ha, has this manner of introducing a child into uh, knowing things. They can't take a child for three to four months, they can't take a child outside. If they take a, her out, they cover her from seeing the sun. If it's night, they cover him or her from seeing the moon. But after three months, they will take you out there at night to show this child a moon. They make you to look up and say, hey, there is your age mate. They, they call it So that way, they are saying you can now, you are now open to see the night as a child. You are now open to see the sun as a child out there. You are open now to see the stars. Because they believe if the child or a young baby, if they see the light, their eyes can change or they can get damaged. Mm, yes. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Wow. So one of the cultures, but that one I'm afraid of, is the culture of initiation. When the boys are at the age of 18, the manhood or the woman is at the age of 18 or between the age of 18 to 25, it's the age of initiation. They want to make you a man. They take you into a group of men. They take them into the mountains. They teach them Basoto culture. They teach them how to take care of their families before they go into the family because uh, they say if you go there in Sisutu culture, you are now a man. But um, um, I did not do that one. I'm 35 now, but I did not <laughs> like it because it causes some people, when they come back from there, they don't want school, they are wild, they don't want to do anything. But the purpose of that culture is to make them real men. Most of them, they come back respecting, knowing a lot of work, so they 
go there, they are taught the handwork, handcrafts, a lot of things. But now it's like they are no more doing a lot of things. Yes. So is it is it the the boy's choice whether or not he goes to initiation school? Or who decides for the boy if he's going to go or not? It depends. At times, it's parents who decide for the boy or a girl to go for initiation school. But at times, it's their choice because there are two ways. It's either the parents and the family members, they take him there. Or he leaves them unaware and he goes there and he just going to initiation school. The message will just come to the family and they will just continue to obey the rules. Yes. Thank you for sharing. What is something that makes the history and culture of Lesotho unique from other nations? Huh, cannibalism. Hmm. Cannibalism. The Basotho nation, before it was the nation in the 18s, 18. Uh, not 19s, 18s, that century. You know, the people used to live like animals. They ran after other people and they ate other people. They make meals with people. They kill you, they chop you and cook and eat. Wow. So, so that was, that was, that is unique about Lesotho. Because the paramount chief, Moshwe the founder of this nation, he said, this is very bad. After his grandfather was taken by cannibals, they just killed him and at him when they left Botabote to Tababusi on the way. And when they reached Tababusi, he said, no, 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 this is not the kind of life we have to live. There were some clans fighting against each other. The Fagani war, the wars against each clan. Like Batlokwa, Bakotedi, the other clans, Zulus, they fought against each other and killed each other. And he said, no, now we have got to come and make peace. So Morena, Le Morena Moshweshwe, when he was on Tabamopedi here in Botabote, he worked with Morena Letole, Morena Wabahwa, in Mahwahwe. They worked together to fight the wars before the nation was formed. Mahuahua and Bakuin worked together from different mountains. From Mopedi Mountain, when Morena Mushoeshwe, people or the army, saw the enemies coming, but like other clans coming to fight the Mushoeshwe army, they, during the day, they used wet wood they put it and they put a light. They 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 light. They 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 lit the the wood, and the the smoke during the day will go up. When Mahuahua at Kolaku Mountain, Mahuahua, when they see that sign, they come down and fight the war the war with Moshoeshu, um, from beneath the mountain, and Moshoeshu fight from the mountain and they kill the enemies, mm. and the same. With Letole and Mahua and Diko. Diko was the army of Morena Letole Mahuahua. So they used the same. At night, they put the tri wood. That tri wood will make a light, uh, that fire. Mm -hmm. So they know the enemy is there and they come, they help each other. Mm -hmm. That's how 
the nation or covenant of Moshe and literally started before the nation was formed. And then when they formed the nation, Moshe and literally were the paramount chiefs, but Mr. Literally said, Moshe you are wise, you are young, you are brilliant, you can lead the nation. That's how the paramount chief became Moshe Wow. And so interesting. That is why now King Lizzie the third is the king because it's from the lineage of Moshe mm. yes. So Lesidu has had three kings. One okay. king. That was Moshe He worked together with with Morena Letuli. Morena Wamahwa. So after they formed a nation, the nation has one king. Mm-hmm. That was Moshe the first. Okay. Then it came Moshe the second. And then uh, after Moshe the second comes the Litsie Wabraru. That's why he's named Litsie. And that's Labraru, the current king. Third one. Okay. Yes. So just for our for our podcast followers here, we're in Bute Bute right now. So the story that Ntate Tumo just shared took place on a mountain that we can see out the window from the room where we are yeah, right now. Yes. So after after King Moshweshe was here at Mopedi Mountain, he moved with his army to Tababusi. To Tababusi. So okay. on the way, the cannibals attacked them. And Yuri, because the war was harder, the cannibals, Ntati Moshweshe's grandfather. Mm. And then when he reached Tababusi, he decided, I'm going to call all the clans, all the cannibals to come. And he slaughtered cows and said, we have to eat animals and other things, not other people. Mm-hmm. That's why they say in the demonstration, meaning Moshe's sister is peace. Uh-huh. He advocated for peace everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then <laughs> during that time, he started bringing in another culture of Christianity. He started to ask for other countries like Britain to bring the church to Lesotho. Father Joseph Casalis, Father Joseph Girard, and others from other church, from the Evangelical Church. It's now called Lesotho Evangelical Church. From Roman Catholic, it's a Roman Catholic church, Father Joseph Girard. And from, it's like Roman Catholic, they call it church. They just call it church mm-hmm. in Lesotho. So that was the first three churches that came into Lesotho that tried to instill the Bible and teach the ways of the Bible to Basotho. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the interesting story there is that Moshe wanted the united people. He, wa- he did not want these three churches. He, he, he did not want to belong to any of them. So he said, why can't you come together, all of you, so that all of us will be one? Mm. He said, these churches might divide my people. Mm. So he went to each of them. He did not want to be part of one of them. And then, uh, during his death, it's like he was about to be baptized by all of them, because he did not want to be baptized by one of the churches. (laughs) So he wanted to organize all of the priests to come and baptize. He believed now in Christianity. You've kind of explained how chieftainship, how the concepts 
began. And you work for the Ministry of Local Government and Chieftainship Affairs. So can you explain the relationship between chiefs and the local government structure with community councillors here? Very interesting. And I like that structure very much. (laughs) Because the chiefs, everywhere a person goes and they start a village, they become the leader of that village. Like Kolakwe, the leader will be from the clan of Moshoshomana. They call themselves Molapo, Madela Moped. If you hear that surname, it's from the chief. So if they, they, the chief sees that the village is growing here, they take someone out from the village to another village and they start the village and it grows like that, like that. Mm. We didn't have the planning, uh, physical planning in Lesotho. That's how chiefs used to go and start villages. They planned for themselves. That's why you see the village is dispersed all over. <laughs> so the local government came in in 2005 when the councillors were introduced. Then the councillors are the politicians from political parties other than from the chiefs' families. And they are living with the chiefs in the family, in, in the villages. In the villages, there was some, something like a that chiefs were afraid that the councillors were going to take their power Local government and chieftainship has that concept of leading the villages and the communities with chiefs as they uh, they obtain chieftainship from birth. And councillors, they are political appointees. There must be elections for the councillor to work with a chief in the villages. Mm-hmm. So that was the concept of decentralization, where the the, the, the central government wanted to decentralize the powers into the people. They say decentralization is taking the powers to the communities, to the people. Mm-hmm. So the councillors work together with chiefs for community matters, for development. For example, in Botabote district, we have five councils. Mwajane, B01 is the first community council, Dikila community council B02, Nkwe community council B03, Talemuleka community council B04, and Botabote urban council. That is the town, it's like a municipality. Mm. And then we have one council that is represented, that all these councils are represented, the community councils, four community councils. Are represented we call that a district council the councillors from villages they come to the the representatives they come to one um, meeting that is called the community district council community council where they meet to discuss the community council's concerns and issues mm. yes so here in, in Buta Buta, what is one of the most common concerns or issues that you hear from community councillors? This one might cover all districts, but it's all the same throughout Lesotho. The problem is um, water, electricity, and roads, mm. infrastructure. It's not yet in the villages. It's not yet, uh, it has not covered a lot of it has not covered a lot of villages. Water is the problem in the villages. Roads, problematic. Last of last week, 
the road from Maragabi to Mons, about 54 kilometers road, it's still a traveled road. Mm. It was going to, it's now going to be upgraded to be the third road. Wow. So that shows that there's a lot that has to be done in the councils, in the constituencies. Mm. Yes. So just for reference, right now, if someone were to take a taxi, a public taxi from town to that village, how long would it take? Because of the gravel road, actually the normal time, if it's tired, that will take one hour. But because of the gravel road, it's five hours. Wow. You go maybe 20 minutes from town to halfway, halfway to Monons, you take 20 minutes. Then from that 54 kilometers gravel road will take about four hours. Wow. That's a long time. A long time. So and, and the road condition is very bad. So it's oh, very difficult for those people to come to town and return in the same day. Because very difficult because mm. of the road. Mm. Yes. Wow. And electricity, problematic. Water in the village is there. It's a problem. Do you think the water problem has gotten worse over time or is it getting better? Worse. When it's, it's like now rain starts uh, coming down, but there was no rain. People used to go to rivers to fetch water for drinking. Mm. And that is not very good. It's very bad. You work for Urban Council. So yes. can you tell me a little bit about your roles and responsibilities with Urban Council? Yes. As human resource officer, I'm just um, looking after little things like welfare of staff, Welfare of councillors. We have only 14 councillors and 11 staff members. And other councils, I assist them also. We have the HR manager and I assist him on the matters of day-to-day -day running of the councils. Okay. And then we have contracted people, fixed contracts people. When their contracts expire, like councillors, we are now at the third term. They take five year, five years in office. Their tenure of office is five years, from two thousand and five to two thousand and ten, and from two thousand and eleven to two thousand and sixteen. From twenty seventeen, now they are current. We are on uh, at the third term of councillors. When the um, office tenure expires, we have to pay them gratuities, like their files have to go through government ministries for payments. I do that. Day-to-day -day payment, day-to-day -day running of the office, like the welfare of staff, welfare of counselors, so uh, well-being of people who come to office, that's my my job description. And for, for salary payments, payroll and salary bill, that is my, my area of work. I work on that leave days uh, filling the leave forms like that okay yes thank you for sharing on a slightly different note can you tell our followers a little bit about what the weather is like in lesotho yeah hey that one is troublesome now it's very <laughs> hot in lesotho because it's summer and now uh we have four seasons in lesotho but mainly we have we have two main and two under each of these two. We have winter and we have summer. Mm. Under winter, we are having what we can call autumn and spring. That's what or how we 
we categorize them. Yes, it's summer, autumn, winter, spring. So winter covers spring and summer covers autumn. Autumn is when is this time of January, February, March. It's autumn, summer, it's September, October, November, December. And then winter starts at April. April, May, June, July. It's winter. And spring starts from August, September, and October. That's how we, we, we categorize the seasons, four seasons of the year in Lesotho. Winter is very cold, snowy, very cold. Mm. Even at times we go even uh, below zero degrees Celsius, and like the high, the the highest. Do you know that we have the highest point in the world in Lesotho, wow. or in Africa, mm. the highest point, about two thousand meters above from sea level. Mm. In Mohoto. In Mohoto, Oxbo, Oxbo, Mashasela, those places, it's very cold there during winter. And in summer it's cool, but it's it's warm. Here in towns, lowlands, it's very hot in summer and very cold in winter. Mm. At times in winter, we cannot go. You cannot go from Butabuti to Mkhotong or Butabuti to Kacha during winter when it's snowing. Mm. Because they close the roads. Because they close the roads. Mm. Yes. What are some things that Basitu do to keep warm in the winter? Firewood. We. A lot of smoke firewood, <laughs> so we don't have many of the options, mainly in the rural areas. That is where it's most hard. That's why our community councillors and the staff over there, there is what we call hardship allowance, because they work where it's most hard mm. in the rural areas. Mountain, no roads, no water, no electricity. Mm. They use candles to light during night. They use paraffin stoves. They use gas stoves where they are well, where they are well off. But most of villagers use firewood to cook. This three pot, three legged pot, you see, sesotho pot. They call it sesotho pot. <laughs> they cook food, but fortunately, uh, there is nothing that is very bad, and there is nothing that is very good without basotho. They say haonantwe that means there is nothing good, there is nothing bad without something good. Hmm. So, this firewood, and now it's like it is causing the ozone layer to deplete whatever, whatever, and that the smokes, the gases, and everything, the climate change. Hmm. But that's the sort of pot they use to cook. It's healthy hmm. because there's a lot of iron in that pot. When you cook food with that pot, the, um, the health people, they will tell you there's a lot of iron that is added to the food. Mm, wow. Yes. That's interesting. Yes. So that's a good segue because I was going to ask you next, what is your favorite Basutu food? Papa Moroho. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So can you tell our followers, they might not know what any of those things are. So what is papa? Papa, we take water when it's boiling. We take a maize meal into the water and we mix. Mm. Papa is like rice. Hmm? Mm -hmm. You see rice is, yeah, you take water, you put rice in water and it gets uh, that something that you can, it's edible. Mm. 
Papa is something like that. You take water into the pot when it's boiling. You put some maize meal and you you mix. Then you leave it there for some time. Mm. But you lower the heat because if you use the same heat for water and uh, that mixture thereafter, you are not going to eat it. It's very bad. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and what about moroho? What is moroho? Moroho is a vegetable. Just like tomato, onions, it's a vegetable. We 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 just plow it in the yard and you, you chop, you chop, you mix with oil and salt. Mainly many people do that and mm -hmm. it's edible, it's very nice. Mm. And Melisedi can testify on yes, that. I know. I agree. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Moroho. <laughs> okay. And what oh Motoho. Can you explain what Motoho is? Motoho is the sour porridge. We take water and we mix with some sugar. We leave it there for some time. And there is some metabolism. And when that thing is it's like sour, mm -hmm. we boil water and we mix that water with, they call it sorghum, mm -hmm. mealy, sorghum. Mm -hmm. We mix it with this sour thing. And then it's like when you are doing some homemade bread. You live for some time for fermentation. Mm. And then you take that same thing that is fermented. You pour into the hot water and you stir. Mm. And then you, take it, you leave it on fire for some time. Then when it's okay, you feel that it's nice. <laughs> it's sour porridge. Do you, do you eat it in the morning or any time of day? We eat it anytime. Any in the time. morning, <laughs> after lunch, and during supper, you, it is very nice. Mm. <laughs> That's great. But mostly it's used in the morning. Okay. For breakfast to give you some strength, energy. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is my last and final question for you. So many of our listeners are Americans that might not have visited Lesotho before. Mm -hmm. So what is something that you want Americans to know about Lesotho? First of all, our country is the best in tourism. The, the tourism attraction in Lesotho is the, the best place. Like mountains, valleys, rivers, like a lot of interesting things, dams, you know, Lesotho is supplying African countries with water. A lot of water in Lesotho. Mm. But the, those big dams are supplying other countries. But we use smaller um, reservations for Lesotho water. That's why there is a problem in villages. We use uh, springs in the villages. There's mm. like a spring in almost every village. We use such to collect water for villages. But for big rivers like Sinku, like uh, those rivers that we stop to make big dams like Gazi Dam, Mwela Dam is the outlet to South Africa. Those dams are interesting. They are parks, they are animals, there a lot of things, mm. a lot of things. And I think on the economic front, we are like having a lot of work to be done on Lesotho. We have diamonds, we have water, we have coal, we have, we have a lot of things, paraffin, that are not yet not 
being utilized. Mm. For an example, we have only about six mine diamond mines, but there are a lot of um, dikes, diamond dikes in Lesotho. Mm. There are studies done. There are uh, what what do we call the 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 what how do we call this uh, the study before the diamond mine comes in you see mm. they are done okay. but there are no mines even here in town we have a dike mm. do you know that no i in didn't urban know council, that wow no we have a dike hashepi said there there yeah. is one company trying to investigate how the diamond there can be utilized mm. we have a lot of dikes in the sort of diamond mm. so that's economic uh, opportunity for investors and so on. Mm. A lot of opportunities in the suit. Very interesting. Yes. So if you didn't get now that, that over... Now that we are even in Butabote building shells for firms, mm. you see, a yeah. lot of opportunities. Okay. Lesotho is like, other people, they call it a version land. It's not, it's, there the, a lot of things are not yet done in Lesotho. Mm. Yes. But there's so many beautiful places to see. So yeah, many all of our places. followers should come and visit so you can see the mountains and the valleys and yes. the rivers. Yes. Okay, well, I think that wraps up our interview today. So thank you very much, Ntate Tumo, for taking some time to share your personal story and some history and culture of Lesotho with us. And thank you to all of our followers for listening to learn more about Lesotho. Thank you very much, Ma.